Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Okay, so once we get to the presentation, it's very important to have a high impact introduction. Now I was trying to think of a way to explain high impact introduction, but how many of you were here last night? Todd layered one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing, all which were amazing high impact things, okay? How many of you all felt emotional last night? Okay, all the things that he's teaching us to do in our mortgage business, if you pay close attention, he's doing a really good job of it up here on stage. So we realized that we got pretty good at delivering a high impact introduction when a client came into our office. And I'll show you some of those things in this video. But your first conversation to a client is not face to face usually. It's that first phone call, right? So you have to do a great job on the first phone call. Then you, I think you should send them something in between. And then of course the meeting. So this is a video that we send out with our documents needed slash appointment confirmation email. Every client gets an email from us that details four things. Number one, it gives them driving directions to our office, confirms the appointment time. Number two, tells them what documents that they could bring with them to the initial consultation that would speed up the process. And most importantly, it reminds them that they're gonna have a reserved parking spot up front, okay? So if we roll this video, this is a video that we send out with, to each client after we've taken their initial information. Welcome to Benchmark. We're located on the ground floor at 1084 East New Circle Road in Lexington. Every member of our team plays a key role in delivering the perfect lending experience. We pride ourselves on providing a personalized client process. From first class facilities to cutting edge technology, we truly strive to set the benchmark for mortgage lending. We understand that every person and financial situation is unique. Our role is to help you select the ideal strategy so you can maximize savings while enjoying a stress-free home buying process. Come experience the benchmark difference. We look forward to seeing you soon. I couldn't talk anybody else into doing the voiceover and I was too cheap to pay somebody. So, it, you know, you have to draw a line at budget somewhere. All right, so that goes out and then we get a client to come in, all right? So next slide, as you can see, is now at showtime. Every single thing in my office is designed around this meeting, okay? This is it, I'm on, okay? So I feel like I'm gonna have this client in front of me for an hour, and my goal is to do everything that I possibly can to inspire that client to leave there and want to tell everyone about the experience they just had. Okay, so think about really cool experiences you've had at a dinner or a movie or a play or a show or anything like that. That's what I'm striving for here. Now, I don't know if I'm going to accomplish it, but the numbers have worked out pretty well. 
I'm going to try to explain all that to you today. But before I do, think about this for a second. Think about going to a Broadway play and experiencing all there is, all the emotion and all that in New York, and then compare that to having a friend that's at the play and you're on the phone and they've got you on speaker and they're holding up the phone so you can hear it all, okay? Or imagine going to a concert or anything of the sort. It makes a big difference if that person is face-to-face -face from the standpoint of emotion and feeling and all that, all those things we don't like to talk about very much. So when I say it's showtime, it's very much an orchestrated deal. If you noticed in there, we spent over $200,000 remodeling our conference rooms in the last two years because when I did the diagnostic, I realized that maybe we should enhance the overall experience from our clients from that standpoint too. Notice I didn't put money in remodeling my office. I put money in remodeling the conference rooms. So next slide, there we go. So introduction with an impact is a client pulls up, like you saw there, they see the first thing is their name on it. Now this is funny because this is a piece of paper, okay? Not that one, but this, this is a piece of paper with their name printed on it. We've had clients actually take that with them. We've had numerous clients take a picture beside of it and post it. I always wonder what the client who takes it with them does when they realize, wait a second, I just tore a piece of paper off of plexiglass and brought it home with me. Like, like that's a big deal. But it ends up being a very big deal to them. Okay, so when I sit down with a client, how many of y'all assume your clients are pretty nervous the first time you talk to them? I don't care if it's the first house they bought or the 50th house they bought. Most of the time there's gonna be some level of anxiety, okay? So we want to relax them a little bit. They walk in, they see another video. We've tried to do everything we can to make this impact, but now we actually want to relax them a little bit. So I always use the same corny two jokes because I'm not meeting with the same people very often. So I'll walk in and let's say I'm meeting with Stuart and Janet. So I'll walk in and I'll look at Stuart and I'll go, you look a lot more like a Stuart than a Janet. And he'll go, yeah, I'm Stuart. And I'll go, hi, and, I'm, and it, it just breaks the ice a little bit, seems to work. And then we'll sit down. They have their name plates there where they know they need to sit. I sit down where I need to sit. Even that part is orchestrated because how many of you have walked into a conference room and met and to meet with somebody and had them sit in the wrong spot? It messes up the whole deal. So we put name plates out to make sure they're in the right spot. All right, then the first thing I say is, I have a lot of information on you. I feel like I'm at a little bit of an advantage because my team and I have spent hours researching everything there is to know about you, okay? So I even know some stuff that a lot of your friends don't know and I laugh because they're like, yeah, you actually do. You know, they didn't know I had that Victoria's Secret account and all that stuff. So we go over that and then I'll say, so I'm gonna even the odds a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about me but not enough to bore you to death. So there's a picture in front of you and this picture is on their personal brochure, which is in the folder in front of them. And I'll say, that's a picture of my family. Now, the reason I show them a picture of my family is you have to admit, I at least look like a nice guy in that picture. Okay, you might've thought all kinds of things about me up here, but looking at the picture, you're like, oh, look at the little kid with the glasses, right? So take advantage of your advantages. So I said, that's my family. That's my wife, Reagan, and our four kids. 
Corny joke number two, at least I think all four of those kids are mine. The younger two, if you notice, have blonde hair and blue eyes, which does cause me some level of concern, but they're nine and 10 at this point, and I love them too much to say much about it right now. They laugh about like you did, and now they're relaxed a little bit, okay? So now we can kind of move on, and I'm gonna tell them a little bit about the process. I was always taught that you need to tell somebody what you're gonna do, do it, and then tell them what you did. So I tell them the mortgage is a very automated process. Most people simply plug your information into a computer, it spits out a bunch of numbers, they tell you what those numbers are, and then they process your loan from there. Now one company in particular, they don't have that somebody. They just say they, you plug all your information into a computer yourself, it spits out the numbers, tells you what they are, and then you push a button and get a loan. Now they've kind of come back on that a little bit. Their most recent advertisement says that they push a bunch of buttons to get a loan, but that doesn't sound as good as push button, get loan. So they kept the ad as push button, get loan. But nonetheless, the mortgage is a very automated process and it's becoming more and more automated every year, okay? That's not my role. My role is to do two things for you. Number one, my role is to help you select the perfect mortgage strategy that properly integrates into your overall financial plan and helps you save as much money as possible, all things considered. In fact, the simplest way I can say that is, my primary job is to help you save as much money as possible, all things considered. Secondly, my job is to make this process go as smooth and easy as possible. This is huge in my opinion, and I got it from Todd. In fact, if I do my job well today, you should expect to be able to leave here and not have to think another thing about the financial aspect of this transaction. Now you can be thinking about what color you're gonna paint what room, what carpet you're gonna replace and things like that. But if I do my job well today, you should expect to be able to leave here today and not think anything else about the financial aspect of the transaction. I'm trying to plant a seed for them to do just that, okay? Which leads me to a question. In order for me to be able to accomplish that and for you to be able to walk out of here and not think anything else about this, what questions, concerns, or comments will I need to address to ensure that that can happen for you? And if it can happen, would that be very important to you? I want them to verbalize that, yeah, it would be a big deal if I can kind of get this weight off my shoulder and, and go back to thinking about the fun stuff. Like everybody likes the idea of buying a new car. They just don't like the idea of paying for it, right? Same thing with a house. So what questions, concerns, comments? Now this isn't the exact presentation I use because mine had a bunch of company propaganda in it and stuff like that, but I wanted to put the lines in here because I wanted to make sure that I told you it's important to write those things down. Okay, so actually write down what questions, concerns, and comments that they have because you're gonna wanna go back and review that with them later, all right? So the next thing I wanna tell them is how important they are to me. There are about a thousand people in my small market who do loans for a living, okay? 
If you count all the people that your clients could get a loan through, there's at least 100,000. So I tell the client, the fact that you're sitting in front of me today in my conference room is a very big deal to me, and I want you to feel like a very important client because you are, okay? Each of my clients are critically important to me because that's the way I do business. 100% of my business is referral-based. You cannot find me unless someone tells you about me, okay? So I have to make sure that I not only do a good enough job to get your loan, I have to do a good enough job to make sure that you feel like you want to tell other people how good of a job I did. So that's why we do the reserved parking signs. That's why we have the drink menu out. That's why we had the pictures and all that stuff. But in addition to that, from past experiences, mortgage related or otherwise, good or bad, help me understand what I can do throughout this process to ensure that you feel as important as I want you to feel and be a VIP client so then you can feel comfortable telling other people about me. And I put my head down and get ready to write that down, okay? That ends up being a huge thing too because if you think about it, I kind of just told them to refer people to me without telling them to refer people to me and I also asked them what I needed to do to make that happen. I then go into our 10 commitments, okay? And I put a bunch of blanks in here because you're gonna wanna have your own 10 commitments, but I'm happy to tell you and share what ours are. So if you're doing it right, you should be able to recognize a lot of their questions and concerns and the things they want in their VIP treatment in your 10 commitments. In other words, if someone keeps saying the same thing over and over, add it to your 10 commitments. You might have to remove one because it would sound weird to have 11 commitments, but you could do that. All right, so number one, your interest rate and closing costs will always be less than or equal to our loan disclosure, okay? How many of you think your clients would really like it if somebody would guarantee that your interest rate and closing costs will always be equal to or less than their loan disclosure? Pretty good thing, right? If you notice, Todd guarantees everything that he does. Every event you come to has a guarantee. He'll give you your money back if you're not satisfied. It makes people, he has all the data on it, and I've heard it, but I won't repeat it, but it makes people feel really good. Number two, we will always honor our approval letters and commitments and close your loan, or we will give you a new car. Not really, but you could if you wanted to. We will never cause your closing to be delayed or we will give you a new car. Um, we will always ask necessary questions to learn and understand your financial goals and explain every piece of the process. We'll study and review all possible scenarios. When necessary, we'll communicate with other advisors, CPAs, financial advisors, to make sure your overall financial plans are integrated. This is a good time to point out to them that weird loan that got referred to you by another bank who had messed up somebody's trust account because they had done the loan the wrong way and stuff like that. Much like a professional financial advisor will manage your assets, we will manage your mortgage after closing. So you can expect to hear from me at least annually to follow up to make sure that the loan that you're in now is always gonna be the best loan for you. We'll always communicate proactively by giving you, your agent, and the seller's agent a weekly written update on the loan status. Your update will be more specific for privacy purposes, 
but theirs will be detailed enough to keep them from calling you. We'll always ask you to explain your vision of excellent customer service, which is what I just did a moment ago, and I promise I will do everything that I possibly can to deliver on that and then some, okay? And that's what I say to them. I pause there just a little bit for impact, and then I'll say, do you have any questions on that? And they'll say, no, that sounds awesome, or that sounds really good, or whatever. I'll go, okay, the first thing I wanna to talk to you about today is the market, okay? More specifically, interest rates. The reason I think this is important is because I talk to real estate agents all the time, and almost none of them understand the transition that the mortgage business has gone through. So I wanna make sure you understand it so you're equipped to make the best decision possible. So from 1938, when a company called Fannie Mae was founded, till 2009, mortgages worked about the same way. I kind of called it the he heaven or hell principle. So if you got approved for a loan, then everybody kind of got the same interest rate. That was called a conventional mortgage or a conforming mortgage. If you didn't get approved, you got a subprime loan and that was kind of like going to hell. In fact, it was so bad that the government kind of did away with it, but that's where you had arms with longer prepayment penalties and all that. Well, the government, since they did away with that, and since Fannie Mae lost millions and millions and billions and billions of dollars, they restructured all that, and now your mortgages are priced a lot more like life insurance and health insurance. Y'all remember hearing my realtor say this? Okay, so there are 30 things that really go into pricing your mortgage. Some of them are common sense. So for example, the higher your credit score, the lower your interest rate. The higher your down payment, the lower your rate. But some of them are not common sense at all. Sometimes you can put down too much money, which depletes your reserve account, which can make your rate go higher. So think about that. You put down more money and you end up having a higher rate. Another big deal is a lock period. You know, people all the time call and ask about rates, but they don't understand that there's a significant difference between locking for seven days and locking for 365 days. And I asked them, in fact, how big of a difference do you think there would be between locking on a seven-day lock and locking on a 365-day lock? They usually say, I don't know, a half of a percent. Anybody want to throw out a number of how much it really is? It's more like one and a half to two percent. So if a 30-day, if a seven-day lock is 3.5 percent, a 360-day lock could be five, five and a half percent. So it ends up being a huge difference. So I asked them this question. The biggest thing on the presentation, if you notice there's the little blue question mark, that's put in there to remind me and my loan officers to ask these questions because this is what Todd helped me with. It's a lot different when you tell someone something than when you have them answer the question for themselves. So then I'll say, so understanding all the different variables that go into pricing a mortgage today, if someone asked you how they should answer a client's question, what are rates today, how would you instruct them to answer that? That's really big. You'll get two answers, I promise. Some people will go, well, I'd tell them the lowest. And I'll go, well, sadly, I think that's maybe what a lot of people do. And some people go, well, I would explain to them kind of what, what this is. And I explain to them that that's what we're doing, okay? But if you'll ask people to put themselves in kind of your shoes 
how would you respond to that? It makes a big difference. So we go over this with them. The next thing I want to talk to you about is why and when rates move. So has anyone ever explained to you what causes mortgage rates to move? What do you think their answer is? No, never. Okay, so the good news is there's only one thing in the whole world that causes mortgage rates to move. Mortgage-backed securities, right? Okay, not treasury bills, not, not mortgage-backed securities, okay? So the only thing in the world that causes mortgage rates to move is the price and yield of a mortgage-backed security. That's the good news. The bad news is everything in the world causes those things to move, all right? So we're constantly monitoring this, but let me ask you a question. If everything went perfectly between now and you finding your home, how quickly would you be moving into your new house? This is a great question to ask for a couple of reasons. Number one, it gives you an idea of what kind of rate time frame you're going to have to manage. And it gives you some information that your realtor would really like to know, right? Like how interested, you're basically saying, hey, are you going to buy in the next 10 days or are you going to take a year to do this? All right, so they give you a number. And then I show them from historical data some of the more volatile times in the market. So for example, in 2013, I was in Vegas. I think I lost about $80,000 that week because the market moved a whole bunch because the Fed used this term. I don't tell them that part, by the way. But the, um, the Fed, some of them I might, but not many. The Fed came out with this term called tapering. Y'all remember that word? Or is it just me because it made me really sick? But yeah, the Fed started tapering their bond purchasing and that caused rates to go sky high. And everybody thought that they were gonna come back, but they ended up going higher, which kind of meant I doubled down and it got worse. So the next thing though is, I explained to them that they could have locked for 60 days during that period of time for about a quarter of a percent above market, but nobody did because rates had been low. But then if we fast forward to the next slide, everyone was locking during that period of time because nobody wanted to get into the fives. So everybody was locking and then 30 days later they dropped. And just to show them how volatile it can be, in one day, which you can check the date, rates went crazy. They went up and down, they went all the way up and all the way down. Now the actual rate that it corresponds to depends on your company and all that, but the bond market was crazy that day. It opened, closed at the same, but it was a huge difference in between. So then I got this question from Jim McMahon. I asked clients, do you want the lowest rate today? So understanding this, do you want us to give you the lowest rate today or the day you close? What do you think they answer? 100% of the time they say the day we close. And then I explain, well, in reality, you want the lowest rate of any day between today and the day you close. And you think I'm going to tell you that I can do that. If I could, I would buy and sell bonds for a living. But with technology, we can come fairly close, okay? So... We have this technology called Rate Watch, and I have it on my phone, and I pull it out and I show it to them. I left my phone backstage because I was afraid it might ring even though I had it turned off. But I'll show them Rate Watch on my phone so they can see that we monitor it. They do not understand it. They do not want to understand it, so do not go into detail explaining it to them. They just want to know you have it on your phone because that means you carry it with you, and that's good. Also show them economic reports that come out and explain that we review those and I explain that they're going to get a weekly email that gives them a direction of how the market's headed. 
Okay? So, as far as I'm aware, everyone else is going to tell you you can lock or float your rate, but no one is really going to help you determine when the best time to do that is, and we have a system in place to do that. Okay? Lastly, how familiar are you with the term points as to how it relates to a mortgage? And they'll say, not very or whatever. So the simple answer is a point is a 1% fee. That 1% fee will generally give you a discount of your rate by about a quarter of a percent. Does everybody agree that's about right? Okay, now here's the huge question. If I lowered your rate by a quarter of a percent, how much would you expect that would impact your monthly payment? And do not let them out of answering this question. In Kentucky, our average loan size is right at 200,000. Mine's a little higher than that, but our office is right at 200,000. The average payment difference on a $200,000 loan for a quarter of a percent change in rate is $28 a month. They will answer 50 minimum, an average of about 150. So it's no secret as to why they think rate is such a bigger deal than you think it is. They think it's about five times more than it really is, okay? So just making sure that they understand that and asking them and not telling them has made a huge impact on people who are shopping and, and doing all kinds of things. So I actually put those numbers in there. $200,000 loan, 1%, I work all that out. Okay, and then I asked them, would you pay $2,000 today to save $28 a month? I asked them how long they plan on living in the home, how many homes they've owned, and basically I'm just showing them that in addition to that rate not making that big of a difference, there's another thing that they haven't realized, and that's that they're probably not going to keep this loan for 30 years. When most people calculate points, they go, yeah, but wait a second, $28 a month for 360 months is a lot better than $2,000. But when they start to think how long they've kept their last loans, then they start to realize, wait a second, I, they always think that they've kept loans longer than they have. The latest servicing numbers that I saw for California was that the average mortgage is in place less than 31 months, okay? And it's actually less than that now, but I don't know how much. That was the latest one I saw. So people are refinancing or buying every 31 months out here. In Kentucky, it's not quite as quickly. Then I asked them, see the question at the bottom, do you see why many and most banks advertise based on rate? and let them draw their own conclusion there. All right, next we're gonna go into their specific financial plan. This is a model that I got off of a CD a long time ago by a gentleman that I actually saw in the hallway last night and didn't get a chance to say hi to, but I copied this off of a CD from Jim McQuaig, so thanks Jim. Um, and it's just a priority cash flow model. It makes a lot of sense to me the first thing somebody has to have to have a sound financial platform is emergency funds. Next, they have to pay off any high-cost consumer debt. Next, they have to have long-term liquidity. And next, they pay off long-term debt. So for example, I don't think it makes sense to pay off your mortgage until you've started really saving money because your savings grow at a compounding interest 
fact, with compounding interest, mortgages are paid off at simple interest. So, and rate of returns on investments are typically higher than your mortgage. So it doesn't make sense to do that first. If you look at any model that any financial advisor in the world gives you, the first thing they'll tell you to do is start investing sooner because it allows the compounding effect to take over. So we go over that, we write in whatever their numbers are. Most of the time I have this filled out before I walk into the client because we already have this information. Okay, but we ask them what they're contributing to retirement. And the big question is, in your opinion, because it doesn't matter really, but it, what matters is what they think. Are they ahead of schedule, on schedule, or behind schedule for their retirement planning? Because that's gonna give you some insight as to how comfortable they are making a down payment or not on the house. At the bottom, you notice we have down their realtor, insurance, property, and casualty. I already told them that we were gonna be working with these people on an as-needed basis, so it's natural for me to ask them for their information. But I have a little bit of a, uh, another motive because I also wanna get referrals out of this. So we asked them to rate each one on a scale of one to 10. This was a technique I learned a long time ago from, from Todd is, you know, if they say that their property and casualty agent's a 10, then later I'm gonna ask them to introduce me to that person. If they say their property and casualty agent is a two, that I'm gonna ask them if they would like me to recommend someone that I would consider a 10, okay? So I can give referrals and get referrals from that part of the process. Now we're going into a strategic mortgage plan. I'm starting to put their plan on paper. The truth is, just like most of you, I knew what type of loan they were gonna do before they walked in, but sometimes it does change based on the conversation. So I want them to have a tangible written plan because I want them to understand that we're doing more than just the mortgage. Just like my financial advisor is doing more than just investing, he's giving them a strategy that's worth money. I want to, them to see this as something that's very valuable. So I want it to be a tangible document that they leave there with. So I fill in the blanks of how much I recommend putting down based on the number of days they're gonna be closing and based on the stuff that we just uh, discussed. From there, we go over two very important things. I typically use the mortgage coach total cost analysis for this. Um, you can write it in, you can do whatever, but it looks a lot more professional and we'll use iPads and things like that. But we'll go over it. You saw the iPad in the, in the video. Um, We'll go over it. There's really two numbers that I really hit on. A lot of times I gloss over interest rate and tell them at this, because I'm, I'm typically having this meeting prior to purchase, so the rate isn't as important at that time, but I want them to know two numbers. Number one, I want them to know how much their total payment is going to be, and then number two, I want them to know how much the total funds are gonna be. I want every client to leave that meeting with those numbers etched in their mind with a worst case scenario. I write those numbers down and track them to make sure that when the clients come back, we can still honor those numbers. In fact, before I got out here, I took one phone call from my office and it was just making sure that one of our clients who's a physician, that the bottom line matched up. That's something that they check with me on constantly because again, we guarantee it up front. Remember their interest rate and co closing costs cannot be higher than what we, uh, we told them. So we give them that. And then to me, this has become the most important or at least the most valuable part of the presentation. 
So now I've finished the presentation. I've shown them their numbers. This is also the part that most of my loan officers skip over or fly through, okay? But to me, this is the most valuable part. So I'll turn the page around and I'll kind of point to the top and it just says, how do you feel? And I'll look at them and they'll go, how do I feel? And I'll go, yeah, how do you feel? And then you just listen. And you're looking for some emotional response. Like, wow, I feel so much better. This has been unlike anything I've ever gone through. This is our fifth house and this has been really helpful. I really appreciate it. I feel a lot better. Something like that. I don't get that every time, but most of the time it's something like, this was really helpful. I really appreciate your time. This, is, this has been, you know, I've done this, whatever. It's, it's always pretty positive. And then I go into a quick survey. Have we answered all of your initial questions and concerns professionally? At this time, I go back to the first page where we listed their questions, concerns, and comments, and we make sure that we answered all those. If they say yes, then I say, have I met your expectations thus far? If they say yes, then we move on. If not, I say, well, what do we need to do? I ask them if they feel less stressed than before. The reason that's important is because one of my two promises was to make this process less stressful. So do you feel less stressed than before? If they say yes, then I go, did we show you how we could save you money? How cool is it to have each of your clients up front tell you that they feel less stressed and they feel like you saved them money? Think about it, not many of your clients are gonna run out the door and get on bankrate.com if they just told you that you showed them how you would save them money, okay? And do you feel like we delivered on our commitments thus far? And I go back and, and review that with them. If they say yes on all of those things, I simply say, okay, that's great. I have two small favors to ask of you. One is, I know that Jim refers me very confidently, but I also know that he's sitting somewhere right now wondering how this meeting has gone. So it would mean a lot to Jim and a lot to me if you would just call him and let him know that you feel like the time that you invested with me today was very worthwhile because he refers me a lot of people and it would certainly make him that much more comfortable in referring the next person if he knew that this was worth your time and valuable to you. I have his name and number listed here for you. I'm sure you have it, but I have that for you. So if you called him before he left today or as you're pulling out of the parking lot, that would be huge for me. Now, the reason that's huge is Jim says that one of the reasons he refers everyone to me is because I'm the only lender where all the clients call and thank him for sending them to me before they leave. He just doesn't know it's because I tell them to. So the next thing is, is as I mentioned earlier, 100% of our business is referral based. So my goal is for you to want to share this experience with everyone you know. Now that used to be a tall order, but with social media today, it's not very difficult. So we've even had some little photo things put together where you can take a picture because I was always taught that a picture is worth a thousand words and I don't want you to feel like you have to type a thousand words telling people how great I am. Now you can if you want to, but you don't, you don't have to feel obligated to do that. A picture would be great. So in addition to the things that we've covered today, what I would like to know is what else would I need to do between now and closing 
to earn your trust so that you would share how this experience went with the people that you know, your friends and family. Hopefully they say, you don't have to do anything else. You did great, I'll do it right now and then we'll go ahead and have that, we'll pop the picture up. Um, or hopefully they'll tell me a few things and then I'll write those things down because prior to closing, five days prior to closing, we do a pre-closing review call where I go over bullet points and things like that with, you know, this is your loan size, this is your payment and all that. And then what we can do is, is at the end, after I've gone over everything and everything matched up, I'll go now in our first meeting, you mentioned these were the things that I could do to earn your trust and earn your respect so you would share your experience with people you know. Have I accomplished those things? And if they say yes, then they won't hesitate at closing. We're fortunate in the sense that we get to close about 85 to 90% of all of our closings in our office. So it makes it very easy to have these things set up so when they come in that we can do that. Okay, the next thing, and this is the final slide I learned is, my mom is going through battling leukemia right now and she's doing great, although today is the first doctor appointment I've missed since June of 2015, so hopefully she's doing great today. Um, but is the next step. You don't wanna tell everybody everything. If they told my mom everything that she was gonna have to go through, it wouldn't have gone over very well. But all they did was they told her the next step. So I wanna make it simple for our clients and just tell them the next step. So the next step is we're gonna send your approval letter and I wanna confirm the email address that they want us to send it to. I also wanna ask them if it's okay to send it to their real estate partner. There's two reasons for that. Number one, I have to get permission to send it to them because of that Graham bleach Bliley or whatever it is. But number two, if they say no, it's not okay, how many of you would probably want to tell your real estate partner that? You know, so if they said, no, wait a second, you know, we're talking with three or four other realtors, we're not sure who we're going to use, then that's information that, that would go helpful. We tell them to go find their new home, we share the link to their mortgage coach presentation so as those numbers change, if they call in, they can see it in real time. And we explain to them that we're gonna stay in touch with them but they're welcome to call us at any time. We also tell them that once their offer is accepted or if they know it's going to be, to go ahead and schedule a time to come back in for their pre-closing review appointment because that will allow us to more effectively manage their mortgage over time, okay? At the end, I simply look at them and say, do you have any other questions at all for me? And they go, no, this has been really good. This has been really helpful or whatever they say. I tell them it's been an absolute pleasure meeting them and I really look forward to serving their family. And that's pretty much it. So we've gone over the numbers. We've done all the things, that, all the things to show you why you should do it. The main reason though is if you were a consumer and you were buying a house. So the last time I did a loan for myself on a purchase was 2013. I did a refinance a few months ago and every time I do it, I'm reminded of how much better the process can be. I'll say it that way. Um, so imagine the difference of calling a, a 
loan professional or a mortgage planner and saying, what are your rates today? Versus working with someone who says, what questions, concerns, and comments do you have that I could help you with? If you have experience doing this and you can walk somebody through that process, it will make them feel a lot better and they will want the people that they care about to have the same feeling. Sure, that will result in a better bottom line for you and all those things that we talked about, but the most important thing is it should make you feel a whole lot better about the families you're serving. RJ taught me to stop talking in units and volume and start thinking about families because that's the reality of this is when we do a loan for somebody, there's a real family there. You know, they, if we miss a closing date by three days and you think, oh, it's no big deal, it's just three days, that could be a big deal. It could be moving trucks and all kinds of stuff and their kids sleeping in a motel room and missing school because it was supposed to start and all kinds of things. So it is a big deal. So my motivation for doing this was just to become the best version of myself. It was to be able to fill out that diagnostic in a way that I could say, yeah, I do all this all the time for all of my clients because I care about them and it's an important thing to do. And that way I can feel the best about the service they're getting, their advice they're getting, and the loan they're getting. So thank you very much. Hey, thanks for being part of today's episode. I've got a special gift for you on to make sure you are aware of. I just released a 25-page ebook entitled The Five Irrefutable Principles of a High-Performance Business. These five principles are game-changing. There's a lot of methods towards success, but if you ignore the principles, it's very, very hard to know that those methods will work. Go to the show notes below, just click on the link, download this 25-page ebook, and see what kind of impact it can make in your business and your life.